Thank you, Liz. Appreciate everything. And thank you, Eddie. Want to make sure that um, I put that calendar out there as well as to bring the uh, iPad. That calendar and the uh, brochure, of course, is for this year to make sure that you pick up your brochure and calendar as it talks more about our oneness. This is what this thing is all about our oneness in Christ. And it goes over the uh, 12 things that is so important as far as our growing in the Lord. We, um, we're looking at John, the 17th chapter. And as we look at John, the 17th chapter, we're looking at Jesus Christ's prayer. And his prayer to the Father was very important as far as we're concerned. And I think it's important for us to just kind of do a um, verse by verse. We started last week as we deal with the whole idea of um, embracing our oneness in Christ. In our introduction, we, we asked the question, you know, are you one? Remember that? And that, uh, then, or are we one? Ask that with, with your family. You know, ask that, are we one? You know, and then, then the other one is, if not, why not? You know, uh, either way, positive or negative, are we one? Because our, the, the solidarity of our oneness will, de will determine the prosperity and the growth and everything else in our life. If we are not one in Christ, then we are subject to fail. Bottom line. Bottom line. Um, our, one, our, our oneness greatly depends on our understanding and embracing the foundational truths of uh, the words of God. Now, of course, and I need to apologize for the uh, PowerPoint, so I'm going to be doing some shifting because the Five hours, what I did on the other one didn't show up. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so then um, I'm going to had to do some uh, tap dancing and, and what have you. But I still know what the message is all about. It, it says this. John says, uh, "I am no longer in the world, but uh, they are in the world." That's what, he, what Jesus is praying. And I am coming to you, Holy Father. Keep them in your name which you have given me, that they may be one even as we are one. Now, what happened is, and what I, my, my goal is, is to move us from verse 1 all the way to verse 11 to see the context of all that's going on. And what I was also was trying to stress is this. Then in chapter 17, uh, if, if you want to, if you want to uh, pretty much match, match a seminarian, uh, you have theology, you have uh, eschatology, you have Christology, you have uh, the doctrine of God, all of them are wrapped up in chapter 17. 
um, all you have to do is just look a little closer, and each time you, we'll be pointing out some things that deals with each one of those particular things. Some of the guys was been writing a whole book on it when chapter 17 is kind of wrapped up, okay? And so we uh, want to move forward, and we said our aim is to enforce our concept of oneness, uh, our oneness we have in Christ, unbreakable, and exists with a high level of accountability. Thinking that too, Jesus prays things inevitably, uh, it, it happens. And again, these things I've shared with you, uh, the outline, we went so far as just the one and two here. The first one was praying concerning sacrifice and prayer concerning empowerment. And the, the first one we prayed about was the fact that Jesus Christ was praying to, to, the, to the Father. And he prayed to the Father when Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to the heavens and said, Father, the hour has come, glorify your Son, that the Son may, be glor uh, may glorify you. And when he, when he said that, we mentioned to you last week about the two gardens. First, you have the Garden of Eden, where um, God was not glorified and, Satan, uh, and, uh, and uh, Adam was kicked out. And now here we have Jesus Christ, who's coming to the garden, and God is glorified, he has obeyed God, and now him leaving the garden will save the whole world. One threw the whole world into sin. Now another man comes along and he brings, and he brings the world, whole world uh, under the forgiveness of God if they accept what God's going to give, you see. And, and so here's Jesus Christ said, now, now Father, I said, he says, here's the hour to come, glorify your son. Now what do you mean by glorify? In other words, you're going to glorify me by the fact that I'm going to go all the way up to the cross and I'm going to be a mass of bloody flesh and I'm going to go all of these things for the sake that it will say, you so love me that you gave me, you know, uh, the only begotten son. And if, and if anyone questions the love of God, just think of what Jesus did. And 9-11, and the people were saying, well, where is God? And another individual said, he's the same place when his son died on the cross of Calvary. Amen. So, what, so it's always, the, always keep God. If you keep God in the middle of things, it'll keep your mind straight. Okay. Upside, upside, upside down mind is the individual who keep putting God on the outside. My job and constantly is get folks back to the Lord. Okay. I'm, I'm giving you the console cup I've been dealing with for 25 years. 25, going over the same subject. So I'm not, I'm not bringing out any more papers. I'm not going over any more theories. I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to ask them two, I'm going to ask them those two questions. Number one, are you one? You know, uh, I mean, that's, that's the first one, you know, are you one? Are you really one with God? If you're one with God, why you keep sending on him? Why you keep messing up on him? Why? This is Jesus who, 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 who's, who have glorified the father by dying on the cross of Calvary for you. And then he says, that I may glorify you, Father. The Father then says, when it says, God so loved the world, how do I know that God loved me? Because Jesus is there. He's, a, he's the actual uh, symbol of that. As we step back and make a comparison, there's a picture of the two gods. We talked about that, and we'll just move on. Um, prayer concerning empowerment, uh, we, um, we talked about that. Uh, permission over all. Um, and here he says, since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have uh, given him, permission over all, parameter to all, and precision 
whom you have given. Now, now notice what he says. Since you have given him authority over what? All flesh. God has, Jesus Christ has uh, authority, well, he already, but he has authority uh, over all flesh. But it goes a little bit further. He says, here's the perimeter, perimeter now. To, to uh, give eternal life to all whom you have given. You, you see what happens now? The, the perimeter to all whom you have given. And now the Lord has set up a parameter. Jesus Christ died for those whom God have given uh, on that on behalf. No man comes into the Father to me except the Father draws him. If you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, it's because God turned on the, turned the light on in your life. If you don't know Him, He haven't turned the light on yet. If you just come into church, I feel sorry for you. Because coming to church is for the saints. We're not to neglect to, uh, to, um, to meet together. But when it comes down to those who are, are unsaved, just coming to church will not make you a believer. The whole idea is this, that Jesus Christ, the authority over all flesh and give eternal life to all whom he have given. This word eternal, let that always resonate in your heart because Satan's going to tell you sometime you're not saved. Have you ever felt sometime, I, I'm, I'm, you ever question, you know, am I, am I, you know, you know, and uh, you know, I know some of you are sanctimonious and say, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I always feel saved. You know, sometimes Satan will, will whip your brain around and you start doing some questioning. Well, I want you to understand eternal, the word eternal means eternal, not temporary. That's the difference between temporary and eternal. Okay. Um, uh, so, so it says he has given us eternal life. Consider what our Lord said to his disciples. Now, the 11 disciples went into the Gal to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him. But some doubted. Now, this is after he had risen. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority, that's what he prayed earlier, in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. He said, all authority. See, now, now, notice, he says, all, now, notice when he told them. He didn't tell them before he went to the cross. He told them after he came from the cross. Why? Because, you see, he was going as a suffering servant. Some of us want stuff before we finish the job. <laughs> uh, no, no, finish the job first, please, okay? Uh, and go, therefore, and make disciples to all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's the Trinity right there. Teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you, and, lo, I am with you always to the end of the age. The prayer concerning the principle of eternal life. That's what we want to pick up this morning. The scripture, and this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Two things the Lord is talking about right here. The first one is that they may know you, that you are the only true God. You are the what? Not Allah. When they talk about Allah, they're not talking about the same God that we're talking about. Okay, check it out. They're not talking about the same God that we're talking about. Uh, when you see uh, this, um, this uh, whole uh, Buddha and all these other things, hey, listen. The only true God is the God that we worship. And so the first thing that in our growth, though, in our growth, add to your faith virtue and to your virtue, knowledge. 
And the first thing that God wants you to know is, who's your daddy? You know, they, who, 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 who do you say I am? You know, do you, am, I, am, am I your daddy? Okay. Then if I'm your daddy, then understand something. I am not a, um, I am not a absentee father. I'm all there, always with you. Although at times I'm silent, I'm always there with you. I want you to understand, I am your God. I am your father. And many times I don't answer you, but that does not mean your answer is not on its way. Trust me. Remember that song, trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to what? Trust and obey. Trust and obey. And so it says the only true God in Jesus Christ who was sent by his son. One of our earliest verses, uh, easiest verses of memory, uh, clearly conveyed this uh, principle. John 3, 16. Let's quote it together. For what? God so loved the world that he what? Gave his only begotten son that what? Whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I mean, that's, that's what Jesus is praying, right? He said, so, 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 you know, we... Um, uh, and so, so that when we start singing uh, uh, the simple song we tell the children, you know, Jesus loved me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Why? Because we know that just in Jesus' prayer, just John, just take John 17, when Jesus now just, and guess what? He's letting us in on his, he's letting us hear his prayer. You know the sad thing about this thing? While he's letting us read his prayer, and we can read this anytime we want to. But while, he, while he's letting us read this prayer, his disciples are sleeping. And he had to wake them up and say, can't you just at least stay awake for an hour? Couldn't you just stay awake with me? Couldn't you, you pray with me? Don't you understand what, this is what he was getting ready to do. Father, I'm getting ready to do this. And I want to make sure I'm touching base on all, all these things. And guys, I'm expecting you to pray. These guys you spent three years with, trained and everything else. You would think, you know, Jesus, we're one. We'll be with you and everything else. Lo and behold, when he starts to pray, all of them asleep. Foot in the mouth, Peter and all the rest of them were asleep. And Jesus' heart was broken. Couldn't you, couldn't you have stayed awake while I was talking to Daddy? You know, I, I think about about something. Dave sung a song last week. I want to thank you, Dave, for um, singing that song, "Gentle Shepherd, Come and Lead Us." I have listened to that song at least for the whole week now. Have been have heard that song close to fifty times. Fifty times. Um, I uh, went on YouTube and I looked at Bill Gaither singers, and the one that they, you, if you see the lady uh, in, uh, uh, in it, that's the one I want you to see. And when you go to YouTube and you see that. And somehow, even when Dave was, was uh, uh, singing and everything else, somehow I wanted, I was crying inside, but it wasn't coming on the outside. 
And every time, and in my devotion, during the course of my devotion, when I take devotion in the evening, and even in the uh, not too much in the morning, but in the evening, during the course of the day, I'll have that going, gentle shepherd, come and lead us. Until we begin to sense that it's more than just God at church. Until we begin to sense daddy, father. In our quiet moments when we, when we, uh, when it seems like nobody else understands. In the moments when it seems like your world is, is, is falling apart. Then you say, Daddy. In the course of this week, this week had been a very, uh, well, all my weeks are like an Indiana Jones type of thing. But uh, I was here at the church getting some things together. My brother, uh, Bruce, called. He said, he said, hey, Don, uh, he said, uh, uh, could you come and uh, give me a ride to, uh, uh, to go and get a, a battery, uh, no, a new battery. My car's not operating. And I said, I said, how you feeling? He said, oh, okay. Come to find out after some questioning, he, if his, um, he was uh, just somewhat disoriented, um, pains in one part of his arm. Uh, I said, hey, I said, I'll be right there. He said, then he started saying, well, what hospital will we go to? I said, what, I don't know what, I said, I'll tell you what. I know my wife went to uh, Christ, See, and they deal with hearts. I said, I'm taking you right there. I took him to emergency. He, they shot him right in there. They took that um, EKG. They saw that. They took him right in there. Um, um, and um, and they, they realized that um, um, it wasn't a heart, but the number of things that was going on that caused that dysfunction. He had to stay overnight to pick him up, to, to pick him up the next day. That's when all that sleet and all that other stuff was out there. <sighs> My wife asked me, how you doing? I said, I'm not troubled. I'm not troubled. Gentle shepherd, come and lead us. Sometimes in, in the midst of your, uh, of all that you're going through, and, um, and, and remember things always happen what type of day? When you think that everything is going to go right and you got all, all, all the things lined up. And, and Jesus, knowing that, he's preparing. He, get this now. He's in the Garden of Eden. I mean, in the, in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he's preparing himself to be there for us. And he's praying to the Father. This prayer is very important, saints. And he's taken us through, uh, through the identification of who he is and who the Father is, that we don't get mixed up in our time of, of our perplexity. He's a God of all comfort, that comfort us in all our tribulations, that we in turn may comfort others. The prayer of completion. It says, I glorify you on, on, uh, on earth, having accomplished the work that you have given me uh, to do. Two significant things Jesus made clear in this prayer. I don't want you to miss it. Number one, again, I apologize for how small that is. Um, what's the first one? The what? 
I have what? The first thing he says, I have glorified you. What's the second one? The how. And what it says? Two things. Let's, let's deal on those two things. The first thing is, I have glorified you. Adam did not glorify God and didn't tell God the truth in the first place. And God kicked him out of the garden. Jesus comes to the garden and have accomplished all things. And he's ready now to die on behalf of men and says, I have glorified you. Through the 33 years, I have never lied, never misrepresented you, never took glory for myself. I have done everything you told me to do. I have glorified you. I made you look good. Let me ask you a question. Can you pray that prayer to the Lord right now? Father, I have glorified you. You, you know, I, I begin to think, some of you, you're looking in the mirror and you say, boy, you know, I'm young and a lot, a lot, a lot. Let me tell you something. Your ultimate goal are the two things right up here. My ultimate goal is when I step, and it's a, it's a real thin curtain, you can't quite see it, between the physical and the spiritual, between heaven and earth. And when I step from here into glory, to know if I know one thing, number one, I've glorified the Father. But Paul said, I have fought a good fight. <laughs> no, I finished my cup. I kept the faith. Now, you see what I'm saying? <laughs> so the question is, have, have, you, have you glorified him? Have you, have you, and it's just so that you say, well, the question is, how do you glorify God? How, how do I go about glorifying God? And God does not make some big mystery. You go to three rooms and shut one of the windows and let the wind blow through it and all this other stuff. The Lord, he does not make things complicated. Let me tell you very simply, John, John 15, he says, abide in me and I in you. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And he talks about the fact that in the, in the eighth verse, herein is my Father glorified. Hi, when you start build, when you start producing fruit, as you abide with Christ and Christ in you, and you start producing fruit, you glorify the Father. He says, herein is my Father glorified. When we decide to obey God under any circumstances and put ourselves off the altar and say, Lord, it's you and it's not my agenda, but it's your agenda. God is not trying to uh, take your life away. He's giving you life. He's giving you opportunities. Have you glorified him? Or are we so busy in our world? That we haven't. That's, that's what Doug was trying to uh, convey to you about um, uh, the uh, time that I spent with the uh, the board. I was sh I was sharing with them the comparison between uh, Ephesus and and in uh, in Revelation. 
in the in the book of Ephesus, you you, you find that uh, Paul is 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 complimenting them, and they are they are they are a one church. And boy, Paul Paul is so fired up that he's praying for them. I mean, the man just praying for Ephesus. Thirty five years later, now now it's not Paul that's writing the letter; it's John who's writing the letter. And John says, this is a letter from Jesus. And Jesus says to the church of Ephesus, not all anybody else, this is a church to Ephesus, put yourself, this is, this, this is my letter just to you. He says, I know what you're doing. He says, you're doing a great job. You, you are doing everything that, boy, that's what believers supposed to do. I'll tell you what, I have one problem. You don't love me like you used to. And I share with the board, it's almost like couples getting married when they first got married. Boy, yeah, baby, yeah, baby, mm-hmm, you know. And, and, and so when they first got married, then, then as years go on, oh, they're, they're still in the same house, and they still see each other, but they greet each other differently. They talk to each other differently and they oh they have the nice things and they go to places but you know what all of a sudden you start saying but you don't love me like you used to and in essence Jesus says are we one and here's what Jesus said regardless of all the good things you're doing if you don't get this straight and repeat, remember, repeat, and do this, this, uh, the work. I'm going to shut you down. I'm going to punch out your lights. And it's so important to understand that. And so, so when it says glorify the Father, then it says the how, having accomplished the work that you have given me. To say, and here's what Jesus Christ said. He said, on the cross of Calvary, what was the, what was the word did he say? It what? Is what? Finished. It's done. Daddy, it's done. Father, it's done. I died for the men and women, women of this world. It's done. I've done everything you told me to do. And so as he hung there and he says, no, into thy hands I commit my spirit. He did his part. Now God says, okay, since you have done your part, the deal is not done yet, though. Understand? The deal, listen carefully, the deal was not done yet. Why? Because without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. And therefore, when he, so when he said it is finished and he died, then the soldier came along with the spear. And pierced it into his side, and he bled, and it was finished. Two things that I want to make sure in my life. Two goals I trust that you'll make for your life. One, glorify God. Two, to say at the end of the day, it's finished. I have finished. 
not my career. See, a lot of folks uh, get their career, then they're going to retire. Retire to what, you know? You, you get them into retirement, and all of a sudden, they have, they have go, they've gone to all the trips, and they've gone to this and that, and did all of that, and they did all the fishing and everything else. Now what? Uh, 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 you still got all this time you think you have of retirement. Uh, 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 you see? See, see, because the word retirement came up in about uh, 18, 19, somewhere in that area, where they came up with the retirement as to, uh, and there was a system really, the whole bottom line was money. See, that's why a retirement came into to existence. Just look up Wikipedia. You'll find that retirement, that's why they came up with the word retirement. But as far as God is concerned, there is no retirement. It's transition. When you finish, you go home. Are you home yet? No, right? Then you're not finished. Okay? So then it's, it's important then that we say, having, having finished the work you gave me. You gave me. And to know that I've done everything that God has given me. That's what you should be settling in your heart this morning. I hope that John 17 has been helping you. He has, now he's praying all the way. Now the goal was to get you to the word one. We're not there to the one yet, but this, but he's just, he's just setting the stage. Just letting us know about the continuity between him and the father, the, the oneness between him and the father and all the dynamics and his commitment and everything. That's what all this prayer is going on right now before he expands it out more. And so as we uh, close this morning, again, I'm, I'm not trying to finish the 26 verses in one, one morning. Folks will start snoring by that time, you know. <laughs> my, goal, my goal is that you at least get the idea and understand that God has a plan for you and me. And our oneness is in Christ. And I want you to see how much Christ went through as far as his side of validating his, our oneness. Are we one? And then the same type of oneness he expects among us is a family. There's no favoritism or one lower than the other. Now, grant you, there are different personalities, uh, unique personalities, but, uh, <laughs> but you're still loved and always will be loved. And as we close this morning, if, um, if you've been slacked in glorifying the Father, that's the first stage. If you've been slacked in the area of, you know, Lord, um, I have not glorified you as I should have. I put all these other things. Matter of fact, when I leave here, I'm going to throw some other things in. And basically, it's for me, not you. Then, gentle shepherd, come and lead us. It's so important. If God's been speaking to your heart, I would like to pray for you um, as we close this morning. It is between you and the Lord.
I, there's, a, there's a thin wall, as I said, between here and glory. As, um, as one of the brothers said this morning on, on, uh, on television, um, Graham, I think his last name was, Jack Graham, I think it is. He, he was talking about the fact that when it comes down to heaven, um, it's not floating around heaven and it's quiet and little angels flying around. Boy, it's going to be loud. It's going to be, they'll be getting down. There'll be colors and sounds and glory and you may as well get ready, get ready, get ready. <laughs> Don't go to glory as a foot dragger. Let's bow in prayer. Father God, thank you for our time together as a family. You have here exactly who you want for your purpose to bring glory and honor to your name. There are lives you still want to touch and even ours as we grow closer to you. And it's so important that we understand it's not about us. It's all about you. And Lord, it's, it's my prayer, and I, my prayer is for the saints too, that we start making it our goal. Number one, that our prayer would be, Father, I have glorified you. And two, I have finished the work that you have given me. Me. May we have that sense of accomplishment. So as we stand before you, we rejoice that we held our hands out in partnership and we're able to touch other lives and turn upside down world back up. Thank you for what you're going to do. Great is your faithfulness. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said, amen.